0: How to craft your crisis plan. Crisis plans, also known as safety plans, are a great tool that allow us to prevent, recognize, prepare for, and respond to a mental health crisis. While it's always a good time to create a crisis plan, it's best to tackle it when not in crisis. I've included my personal crisis plan on our website as an example of what this tool looks like for me. Feel free to use that as a guide while crafting your own. If this is a good time for you, grab a pen and paper. We really don't need anything fancy. And let's take a few minutes to think through what happens when we start feeling off balance, what we can do to restore that balance, who are resources to us when we feel unsafe, and how do we respond if crisis takes hold. I know I'm triggered when. Emotional triggers are situations, events, things, sometimes even people that highly impact our emotions. It causes discomfort, distress, sometimes also overwhelm. Triggers are unique to each person because they stem from our personal experiences. What elicits an emotional response from one person may not do so for another. When we know how to identify our triggers ahead of time, we can find creative ways to avoid them and prevent a crisis before it starts. Let's think about the last time you felt overwhelmed or anxious. Where were you? How did you feel? How did your body feel? And What was your reaction? It's okay if you need to think about this for a while, especially if you've never done that before. Some common feelings and symptoms that may come on when triggered include physical responses like quickened heartbeat, tightness in the chest, shaking or nervousness, breaking into a sweat, feeling tension or pain in different parts of your body, sudden headaches or migraines, hyperventilating, nausea or upset stomach, and having a hard time sleeping. Some emotional responses could be excess worry, irritability and angry outbursts, feeling unsafe, afraid, or panicked, thoughts of worthlessness, hopelessness, or suicide, flashbacks, intrusive thoughts, negative self-talk, confusion, and sensory sensitivities, such as being bothered by bright lights or loud noises. So next, let's name your triggers. When enough of these symptoms present themselves, and this could happen all at once or over time, you've found your trigger. Triggers vary greatly. They could be as common as stress, confrontation, embarrassment, new places or people, loud noises or feeling unheard, and sometimes even more severe, such as revisiting a place where you experienced trauma or crossing paths with someone who harmed you. Remember the triggers are very personal. So don't worry if yours aren't mentioned here. Write down what your triggers are and let's move on to that next step. I can get back to safety by. Once we've become aware of a trigger, our first opportunity is getting back to safety. Let's take a look at your list of triggers and trigger symptoms. What do you need to feel safe? What do you wish were different when you're in distress? Do you call a friend, curl up with a pet? watch your favorite movie or tv show do you feel better if you take a walk or go outside or maybe you take a long bath it could be anything that helps center and calm you here are some ideas to get your list started listening to music going somewhere quiet meditating going on a coffee break reading a book taking a bike ride journaling practicing breathing exercises or cooking and enjoying a good meal. Whatever you do to feel safe, make note of those activities. I know things are bad when? Sometimes even going back to our place of safety just isn't enough and our trigger symptoms escalate. However, just like noticing the trigger itself, it's important to notice when we're losing control. This could look like binge eating or not eating at all, self-harm Brain fog or an inability to concentrate, poor performance at work or school, feeling faint or lightheaded, having tunnel vision, struggling to stay on top of responsibilities, isolating ourselves, turning to drugs and alcohol, or thoughts of suicide. Think about a time when you were at the end of your rope and jot down what you felt leading up to that moment. This might stir up a lot of feelings and that's okay if you need to take a break and come back to this later. Take as long as you need to, to tune into yourself and identify when it's time to call in for reinforcements. I can get help from. If things are getting bad, this is the time to reach out for help. While it's a great idea to reach out to a therapist or counselor, even before things get bad. Getting help can take many shapes. Hiring cleaners, asking a friend or family member to help with yard work or visiting your favorite masseuse for a much-needed massage. Our support systems can be as unique as our triggers, and having a list of who we can go to for help when we need it most can be the difference between finding stability again and spiraling into crisis. I'm in crisis, so I must. Being in crisis is a really hard place to be in, which is why we need to know ahead of time how we can best take care of ourselves when times are toughest. The National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, defines mental health crises as any situation in which a person's behavior put them at risk of hurting themselves or others and or prevents them from being able to care for themselves or function effectively in the community. NAMI has a comprehensive guide that explains what mental illness is, what a mental health crisis looks like, and contains a fillable relapse plan to help you during recovery. You can also visit our resources page for ideas as you put together your own list of resources to help you when you're in crisis. In addition to calling crisis hotlines and text lines, you can also include getting an urgent appointment with your mental health provider, getting some rest, eating healthy food, taking time off work, or even telling a trusted loved one that you're in crisis so that they can step in to help you. The key here is to have immediate access to support so you can get through this time of crisis and begin your recovery. To recover from crisis and maintain mental wellness, I should. After crisis, recovery can feel like a daunting, sometimes even impossible task, but it can be made easier by having a go-to list of self-care actions that protect you from future crisis. You could include things like exercising, eating healthy meals, Drinking enough water, practicing personal hygiene, attending therapy regularly, keeping a clean space, getting enough sleep, brushing your teeth, visiting with friends, and spending some time outside. Mental Health America also has a great resource with tips and ideas that help in caring for ourselves. Activities listed in this section would ideally be a part of your daily and weekly routines to keep you feeling your best. Also don't feel limited to this list. If there are other activities that make you feel good and keep feelings of overwhelm at bay, be sure to add those and practice them often. Don't stop now. Now that you have a good starting point, try adding your own categories. This is your crisis plan after all. Different types of rest, a specific list of songs or movies, a list of distractions to get you out of your head, And ways to self-soothe, like chewing gum, using a fidget toy, or doodling, for instance, could all be included in your crisis plan if you so choose. You may also want to consider setting up a mental health emergency fund for those times when we need to outsource things like dinner and housework, or to pay for self-care activities that come at a cost, like hiring a babysitter, a gym membership, or paying for that monthly mindfulness app subscription. Even setting aside a few dollars a month could allow you to take a coffee break or treat yourself to lunch on a bad day. Much like the ebb and flow of our lives, our crisis plans will change to meet our needs at any given time. So keep it in a visible location that you access often and don't forget to keep it updated. To see my crisis plan, visit our website www.claritycgc.org. Good luck!